I've, I've titled this message, The, the Light of the World, and uh, then I put as a subheading, Jesus and you, uh, the light of the world. It's Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 14 through 16, and uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And what I want to do is speak to you. I, I want to share my very life with you. I, I know in doing that, I, the effort is, the intent is to give you Christ so that you know who, who Christ is, but who he is to you. Uh, you want to know who Christ is to you, what God intended for you by giving you Jesus. Sometimes when we know a little bit, we make it a lot. But Jesus is one of those subjects that you can learn of over and over and over. And if you and I were to live a million years, we would still have much to learn. Now, I know I just said that, and I know that you can perhaps intellectualize that, and you think, okay, I got it. But I don't think you get it. I don't think we, I get it. I think that when you go, wow, you mean to tell me I can learn something about Jesus every day for a million years, and, there, then, and there's more to know? Yes. And then, now take, get this, you can learn a thing, one thing about Jesus for the next one billion years, and then there would be more to know. You, you understand? This is not just exaggerated speech. I want to know that person. I want to be thoroughly acquainted with that one. Now, when we talk about Jesus and not only who he is, but what he has done, it is impossible for any person in the span of a lifetime to understand all he's done. But we can start. And then we can internalize all that he has done for us by taking every opportunity to learn, not about him, but him. It's like God wants us through the word of God and through preaching, through praising and worshiping to dissect. Not like we did the frogs in biology, but to really take our minds and our hearts and so concentrate them until we dissect all that he is and what he is to us and for us. That's what I'd like for us to do. And so that preaching doesn't just become something that we, we go through the motions and we go, oh, that was good. And we come back, oh, that was good. But that we would internalize all that Jesus is. The scripture says, as he is, so are we. And so that means that when I internalize the Christ and know that what God has done for me, I want you to be, uh, take it personally here. What God has done for me, you can say what God has done for me. So what God has done for you is of such infinite value that, we, that nothing in the earth realm will ever be able to negate it, to destroy it, or to any way hinder it from its work. I really believe that. You say, well, no, a lot of people are hindered. Yes, but eternally not so. I have been hindered when I was 15 or 25 or 45. I was hindered from something, but now today I fully possess it. That's what God is able to do. 
And, and when, the, when the scripture says, as he is, so are we in this world. So it doesn't mean that we have to wait till we get to heaven to be everything that God intended. And so uh, this, let me read this because the kids didn't want me to stop yesterday. I didn't know if they were messing with me. But, but they didn't want to stop. Keep preaching, Pastor. Listen what it says. You are the light of the world. Jesus is saying that to his disciples. I know Peter didn't look much like a light. John and James didn't look much like light either. Remember, they wanted to kill some folks. Remember that? People lived in Jericho, wanted to kill some people. Peter cut a man's ear off. And as long as Peter had his sword, he was fine. But when Jesus said, put up the sword, wait a minute. So, So, but Jesus spoke something. And I like to say, that when Jesus speaks to us, he doesn't so much as speak to us, but he speaks into us. I know we've heard me say that, but he speaks into us. And what he speaks into you, you become. What he speaks into you, you become. I want to be like one of those uh, in the oil business. We had those uh, uh, check valves. We call them check valves where, where the, the fluid will flow through and it had a flapper. They were closed. So everything that's in there has to stay. And so I want the Holy Spirit to be like that check valve in me. Just all, all Jesus in, but Jesus can't. No, no. He's going to stay in here. And he's going to inform my actions, inform my lifestyle. That's what the world is waiting for. Scripture says that the world is groaning, like waiting for the manifestation. It's like the world is going, ah. Ah, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. I believe there's a time period when, when the sons of God are manifest. Some people say, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, in the millennium. I'm saying, you, you're lazy. Don't say that to me. Why do we have to wait till the millennium to manifest God? When, when, when uh, as it were, the, the wicked have ceased from troubling and the weary are at rest for the most part. You know, those things are true because Jesus has come and he's ruling the world uh, with a rod of iron. No, let's do it now. Because now are we sons of God. Now are we God's children. So let's look at that. Let's see what Jesus says to his disciples. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And what I see in here, Jesus is speaking into them. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And Jesus is showing us what he has done for us in the sense that he has made us conspicuous. He has made us to be seen. He has put us in places where we are obviously different. If you, ever been, if you haven't been somewhere where you're different, I want you to go somewhere where you're different, where you stick out like a sore thumb. I've lived a life like that. But it can make you better. It can make you sensitive. It can make you caring. It can make you, know, you, uh, make you come to a place where you know what you have to present. That you are on your quote-unquote P's and Q's all the time. Yeah. It will make you better. And Jesus is putting all of us in conspicuous places. Amen. He says you cannot be hidden. Can you imagine walking into a room, everybody in the room is an average 5'7", and you walk in and you're 7'2". You can't hide. 
And that's what Jesus has done. He has marked us to where we cannot hide. Whenever we go into a new situation, everybody recognizes we are Christian unless we are traveling incognito. I'm not going to act like a Christian. I'm going to walk otherwise because I don't want to go through the pressure. That's not what happened. You remember Peter uh, in the, the courts uh, of, the, of the high priest when Jesus was being tried? He wanted to go. He really wanted to go. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to be too hard on Peter. He wanted, he loved Jesus humanly. He loved him from his human perspective, but, but when they said to him, he was trying to hide among the Jesus haters, and a little girl called him out. She called him out and said, hey, you one of them. I can just hear. You one of them? No, I, no, I, I was not. Okay. I could just hear it. Another one. You one of them? I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You can't hide. And then, and then one says, yes, you are, because your speech betrays you. Make, making us conspicuous. Let's stop hiding, trying to be other than we are. Listen to what he says. A hill that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So God didn't save us for us to walk around in disguise. I'm not talking about... Going, going around brandishing, I'm a Christian. I remember in the old days when I was working in petroleum industry, uh, guys who were Christians would put a big black Bible on the desk. I'm a Christian. I didn't, mine was, was not on the desk. My, mine was, was somewhere in where I was reading because I didn't want the Bible to tell them, on the desk to tell them. I wanted my conduct to tell them. That's what God is calling for. You say, Pastor Don, we hear some version of this every time you stand up. Good. Listen to what Jesus says. It's not meant to put, uh, be put under a basket or hidden, but on a lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. And so God saved you. You are light. He saved you to bring light to every situation. Every situation. So Jesus says, then, not make your light, but he says, let your light so shine before men. Let it, just allow it, just allow it, just allow the Jesus life to come out. Just allow it to shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2 verses 15 through 16 and 16, he says that we are to become blameless and harmless. Can you get that? Blameless and harmless. Don't let it be your fault, right? Blameless and harmless. I, I, I love that, but Harmless is sometimes difficult, isn't it? You know, you know, sometimes when people mess with us a little bit, we're okay. But if they mess with us too much, then we start to think about what we can do. And we're usually not thinking about, Lord, we're going to lay hands, pray. Well, we do think about laying hands, but, but not praying, right? But he says harmless. So the scripture is to be harmless at all times. To... To be children of God at all times, without fault. Now listen, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So what the Lord is telling us, that I have conspicuously placed you in the midst of a crooked and a perverse, you know, pervert. 
people, a perverse generation, a, a generation that is not walking according to God's constructs. I have placed you in the middle. I have, I've given you a job, a really good job, but it's right in the midst of people who are really bad. And you're not to go in there and say, you're bad, you're bad. No, you're there to be so good that they know they're bad. That's what Jesus is requiring from us. Sometimes we don't really get that. But I want us to get it, to hear it, and hear it until we get it. Until we get it. Until we cannot lose it, as it were. And so he tells us this. See, what Jesus has done for us is so amazing. I, I, I do, of course, what I never wanted to do. When I was a young boy, I told you this 50 times, 100 times, 200 times, that I used to see old men crying. I thought that was the worst thing I could see. I thought, God, when I'm old, don't let me be like those old men. <laughs> and boy, I just always cry. Uh, Lord, I think about how good he is, how, how wonderful, how, how he saved me, how he saved us, how he saved my children, how he saved my grandchildren, how he saved my brothers and my sisters. I think about it. I think about how he saved all of you and, and how he's brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And sometimes I cannot hold the tears. I think about his, 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 how he's given us longevity. Wow. Brought us through many dangerous toils and snares. You know, when the enemy was trying to reach us, but his arms were too short. I love that. Thinking about that, walking with Jesus. So I, I do cry tears, but don't feel sorry for me. They wash me. They wash me. They cleanse me. He says that his, his idea is that we would be without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So you may not see your light, your light but demons see your lights. You may not see your light, but God sees your light. You say, but I don't see it. Well, God sees it. Keep on doing it. Keep walking. Holding fast. This is how you do it. Holding fast tightly the word of life. Holding fast. Hold fast the word of life. So that means that you hold on to Jesus. You hold on to Jesus' word. doesn't matter what situation you're in. The word of God will bring you out. Remember that old verse of that song? He brought me out. He brought me out all right. Yes, he brought me out. He brought me out all right. And so that means that you may be in a briar patch, but Jesus will bring you out. You may be in trouble. There seems to be no answer for it, but Jesus will bring you out. I remember situations when I thought, surely I will die here, but Jesus brought me out. And he will bring you out too. That's the story of the gospel. That's the story of the gospel. Here's Peter denying, I don't know him. I don't know this man, Jesus. He just told Jesus, I'll die. They may do some crazy stuff, Jesus. They may run away. They may abandon you, but I'll go all the way. I'll die. And then he's denying, dies. He did have the alphabet, right? Died. No, he was running. But look, at the end of his life, Legend tells us that Peter, when they came to die, and they were going to crucify him, he said, don't crucify me. Uprightly. I want you to know the, the story is to crucify me the other way. I'm not worried they'd be crucified like Jesus. This is a man who learned from all of his mistakes. 
and he came on to be so powerful in the Lord. The Bible says that when he walked by people, you know, God's presence was in him. His light was in him. He walked by, by people. It says when he walked by them, when his shadow, the, the sun casting a shadow over his natural body, and whenever he would, his shadow would touch somebody, God would heal them. That's amazing. So you may say, well, Pastor, I've been bad. You don't know how bad I've been. But you don't know how good Jesus is, obviously. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. There were no saints. <laughs> there were sinners. And so let us, let us allow the work of God to materialize in our lives. Paul says, I want you to hold fast to the word of life. I want you to hold fast to the word of life. So the, the word of God will work for you. Hold fast. To the word of life. Look at John chapter 8, verse 12. And John 8, 12 is a beautiful verse where the Bible says Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. So Jesus was, it was in this case and still does define himself. He is defining himself. Now you and I know that you and I can never have conversation if we don't know the meaning of words. You can't say, well, if somebody said, I love you, well, love, this means this to me. And somebody said, well, love means this to me. And everybody has their own definition. But this, Jesus is our standard. I am the light of the world. Listen to what he says. And then he gifted his disciples with himself by speaking into them, you are the light of the world. Amen. And so he spoke it into them. And what Jesus speaks into us, we become. Amen. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Oh, that's pretty emphatic, right? He didn't say ought not to, shouldn't I do it. He said, he who follows me. So this means that if I am walking in darkness and with a lack of understanding, I'm not following. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. But you will have the light of life. And so I'm saying, oh, what a change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. That should be every one of our testimony. What a change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Not I'm the same as I was before. Amen. Isaiah 9-2 says, uh, Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus and God's plan. And I'm saying to you that one of the, one of the things that was very concerning, maybe even confusing to me uh, as a young person was, why was I there? I've asked that question more than anybody should have. Lord, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I in the midst of this crookedness? Why am I in the midst of, of this bad work atmosphere? Why am I here? I, I, I said things like, I thought you loved me. Why am I here? He says, no, I saved you. I've made you to be conspicuous. You can't hide. This is what Isaiah prophesied about, prophesied about Jesus in Isaiah 9-2. He says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. So in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, then he uh, says for the Gentiles, Galilee of the Gentiles, where all kinds of crazy stuff was happening, God told Jesus, this is where your ministry is going to start. And your, your ministry, my ministry will start oftentimes in, a, in rough places. I had a pulpit in the oil business before I ever had a pulpit in a, in a church house. Come on, that's good. That's good. Amen. And it was tough. 
I said, Lord, how do I, make me bold. Make me bold. He said, use, he didn't say, okay, here's some more boldness. He said, no, use the boldness you have. I had, if we were saying these texts, I had a T90 bit. <laughs> no, he's texting to. I had a, a tiny bit, like not even a match head. And so the only thing I got to say, when somebody would say something bad, I would say, I'm, I'm going to pray, pray for you. It was pretty much like that. I'm um, seriously, seriously, it was. And so next time I would say, I'm going to pray for you. I didn't pray at the time. I went and prayed. And then after a while, I said, I'm going to pray for you. I tell you, well, let's go over to my place right now. I'm not going to pray here. Let's go over here. And after a while, man, I was rebuking demons and everything. Use the boldness you have. God often calls you into a dark places, you know, rough places. Now, don't somebody say, well, that's why I go to the bars. No. No. No saint. You know, right now we just, you know, everybody does his own thing. Well, how do you know God? No, I know. Tell Pastor Don knows. God's not going to send you there and have you overwhelmed. Already had a drinking problem in days past. No, God didn't send you there. And you didn't go there to, to try to witness to somebody because you used to be there. Stop it in Jesus' name. Now listen to what he says. He says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. This is what God wants you to be, uh, that light, that light that shines in the dark places. 1 Thessalonians 5.5. 5. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.5. 5. He says, you are all sons of light. So everybody who's saved is a son of light. That means there is light in you. And the Bible says, let your light shine. Let your light so shine that men may see your good works and then glorify your Father who is in heaven. So let your light shine, everybody in this house. Everybody online, you let your light shine by being obedient to God. Whatever God wants you to do, do it. Remember in John chapter 2, uh, Mary came to some... Uh, Jesus, I can, you know, moms will do that stuff to you. I'm not, I'm not, hey, I'm not messing with mothers. Just, okay, I, I didn't mean it like that. But I'm saying moms will just, they know how to call upon you, right? And so she went to Jesus and she said, hey, Jesus, uh, 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 maybe you're sure she called him up. You know, huh, they run out of wine. He said, whoa, whoa, what does that have to do with me? They run out of wine. <laughs> Is there any man in the room here? Stop being so sheepish. You know, she runs. So she said, hey, my hour hasn't come. You know, I, I, that's what happened, right? And so, and so what was the story? This is amazing. This is amazing what, what Jesus did. He said, hey, and, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, God, God said, go ahead and do it. Pastor Max said, he said, boy, listen to your mother. <laughs> so Jesus, Jesus did an amazing, a miracle. Jesus his light so shined because the, the servant saw his light shining as he said, fill up the water pots. And, and now, come on, that's, that's a mind-blowing thing. Fill up the water pots, go take it to the, to, the, to the governor of the feast. You know what made it happen? They obeyed. They obeyed. They dipped, dipped it out. You know, I can imagine it. Man, we're going to get fired. <laughs> but, but they obeyed. Sometimes you walk in fear and trembling. But they took it, and the man said, 
hey, you go get that boy. That boy that just got married, go get that. He said, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Nobody does this. You're always supposed to serve the good wine. And you save the bad stuff for the last. Why would you do that? You save the best wine to last. That breaks protocol. You know, and that's what he's saying. Why? Because Jesus is in the mix of this thing. I want us to know the great things that Jesus does and can do for us. He says in Festus, you are not sons of the, of the, you are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor are we of the darkness. Amen. Let me, let me just, let me skip some things. And get to my last point here. I want to talk about just briefly the path of the just. You and I are on the path of the just. We are on the path of the just. This is what it says in Proverbs 4.18. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. And this is what God wants you to know. Perhaps you're getting older. There's nothing wrong with getting older. Well, there's, a, there's something that could happen. You could die young. There's nothing wrong with getting older. So as you and I get older, we keep walking in the path of the just. He says, it's like the shining sun that shines ever brighter until the perfect day. Have you ever seen the sun coming up? This is what your life is like. And if God has left you here, that means your work is not over. In Isaiah chapter 2, let's read the four verses as we conclude. The, pur the purpose of this message is that you and I might really know who we are and walk in that reality and stop being drowsy, you know, lethargic. You know how you wake up sometimes. Oh. Oh. We're not to walk the Christian life like that. We're not to live like that in the Christian. In the spirit, we're vibrant. We have the life of God. And, and this is the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And this word is applicable to us into our lives. In verse 2 he says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. We've been hearing that we are living in the latter days. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. I know this has its perfect fulfillment in the millennium, but sometimes we can get so millennial, millennium focused that we can't see what God is doing right now that is also applicable to this scripture. I do believe that God is showing us time after time that our lives right now in this present moment have to do with this verse these verses it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house we are the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains 
and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. And we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. We are the house of God. We are his dwelling place. We are his sheep. We are the people of his pasture. Let us walk in his ways. Let us do it now. Let us do it now. Not waiting on the millennium when Jesus is ruling with the rod of iron, when all the enemies are subdued and they are afraid to show their rebellion. But let's do it now in the midst of wolves, in the midst of perverseness. Let's do it now when darkness seems to think it's prevailing. It's not prevailing. It's prevalent. It, uh, it is pervasive, but it is not prevalent. It's not prevailing because we are the light and the light dispels the darkness. I invite you, I invite you to take your place in Jesus' arm. I invite you to be the light and let the light shine so that men will see our good works and therefore glorify our Father. Glorify Jesus who died for us, the innocent dying for the guilty. Let's be the people of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.